five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Reset Poem Podcast. This is Chris at Lightforce, the voice that you've been accustomed to for the majority of the episodes you've tuned in. This is episode 51, not as special as episode 50, but it does mark the return of On the Ad Omni Strength. Yes, he has come home from Japan. Sashiburi desu ne! I have no idea what you just said. I just said to switch off of Widow to someone in chat, but now that means a uh, long time no see, and I'm really, really happy to be back. I've missed uh, half a century episode, the 50th, so uh, 51st is pretty special for me, at least. Yeah, it's your special 51. You know, thanks for scheduling your trip <laughs> when we had a big episode. Like, I I'm surprised you didn't reschedule, you know? Yeah, every time I leave, it's like a huge, great episode. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's a thing. Um, joining us, though, is also Sam at another Sam Chan. Uh, Sam, what it do, uh, baby? <laughs> you guys are strange. <laughs> so strange. Kawhi Leonard's back in Toronto. Hmm. I saw. I saw. I Man, if you, yeah. Are they still, it's still winning? The Raptors are. I don't. I don't know. I don't care about Toronto. Yeah. Mm. If I believe, I read a news uh, headline that said they stopped their skid. So I'm going to presume from that that they hadn't been winning for. A while, how long? I have no clue. <laughs> uh, we are here, however, to talk about the Vancouver Titans. So in our last episode, we had Maddie join us and she uh, spilled a little juice, not a lot of juice. And then the following day, because I'm pretty sure she took, you know, my comment that all the breaking news breaks the day we publish uh, the Vancouver Titans made a, a small little announcement and then by the end of the week uh, uh, followed it up with a, another. So we're going to talk a little bit about that in this episode. It is also the penultimate episode of 2019. Uh, so, you know, we're going to be getting into some holiday chatter as it relates to Overwatch because new patch rolled out, new modes rolled out. New event rolled out, so we'll get into that in a fray. But uh, let's uh, let's jump straight to the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. Without any further ado, peace be with you, Bumper. Bumper is no longer a Vancouver Titan. I, I, I know this isn't a surprise or a shock at this point, but even when we were recording that last episode, I truly didn't believe the leaks that suggested he was done. Like I felt that there was still a role for him on the team, that there was an opportunity that maybe people were making a big ado about nothing, but boy, uh, I was wrong. Never doubt Halo again. Yeah. I never doubted Halo. I just thought it maybe uh, the, the time that it took for them to um, release the news and maybe the patch that came in, maybe they were like backtracking off of that decision. I'm, I'm, I'm upset. Well, and that's the thing, like, I, I'm not suggesting that I didn't believe that maybe they might have been shopping him around or mm -hmm. looking for other opportunities, but you're right. The fact that it took as sort of long as it did, the new patch was rolling out. It just seemed to me that there was still a, an opportunity to have him on the roster, uh, whether it be as a depth player on the bench or, or in, in specific right. uh, situations. The one thing I don't know 
is one, what is the salary cap and salary structure within the Overwatch League in general? Two, what kind of cap or internal budget do the Vancouver Titans operate with? And then three, what it comes down to it, like how many contracts are these teams allowed allowed to have? You know, there's all those different business factors that come into play. So it could very well be that the business factors drove this decision. It is still an odd one in my mind. And and to add to that, he wasn't really signed by anyone. He... I don't know. Above surface, it kind of weird, like you said, uh, with the pros say that we are looming, uh, like approaching a Ryan Arissa meta or a Ryan Zarya meta. He's gotten buffed so much. And uh, Fisher, he's still unproven to, to be fully committed to a whole team for like a, a season, right? And and I'm still not certain what drove this. Like you said, it could be a business decision. It could be like some professional issue. This is all speculation. Obviously, I'm not trying to like speculate uh, if, if Bumper is a, a professional or not. Maybe there is some internal uh, strife there in the team. Uh, it's it's odd. It's really odd to me. Uh, him not, you know, posting that LFD Overwatch League contenders on Twitter. Um, nobody else picking him up. I mean, he he had a really good season. Uh, we probably don't know something about what happened. Well, and that's the thing. You know, is it possible that something did happen? I guess there is that possibility. You said we don't truly know. Um, it's just going back to sort of the discussion that we, we've had in, in, in previous episodes. The Vancouver Titans going in to the season playoffs had Bumper as their main tank. And in the first playoff match tizzy who has just recently been signed or recently become legitimate mm-hmm. he not only joins the roster he starts bumper goes to the side now the one of the first sort of moves we saw the vancouver titans make in the offseason is allowing tizzy to lft like they did not bring him back he was on a on an op team option the team chose not to exercise the option mm-hmm. so that move alone had me thinking, oh, they're going to go and they're going to stick with Bumper. It's what further makes this more and more odd is that Bumper is also out of the picture now because that would tell us that they weren't happy with the performance of either of their main tanks. One, going into the tail end of the season, and two, the one that they had in the playoffs. And not to suggest Fisher isn't a a solid main tank. I hope that he has all the success that he can with the Vancouver Titans. But then you know, looking at it from where we sit, I truly wonder if there isn't maybe more to this story. Like this yeah. is more of the, the organizational change that's taken place. I, I, I don't like it as a fan. And I can assure you, having followed what some of the people on, on social media are saying, there are not very many people happy with this move. Hmm. Um, but it's it's one that we have to live with. And to this point, no word on whether or not Bumper has found a team to to play with, which is also complicated because most teams had already started to sign rosters. Right. Most teams you could say are even almost done. Uh, a lot of the rosters seems, seem to be approaching like uh, their cap. And uh, one thing that's semi-related to that, I, I think there might be like a long-term plan there of uh, signing perhaps MAG, um, Runaways, a recent uh, main tank who was really, really highly coveted, and 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 teams are really uh, were looking forward to maybe get a chance of signing him, and he isn't signed anywhere. So maybe there's like a long 
con here of well, not revealing what's going on. The thing about Mag, though, is he's still not a, right, uh, right. old enough, right? So if you were right. to sign him, it would be on a developmental contract or whatever the heck they call them, um, where there's, he's essentially on in the organization, but not on the roster. But a lot of guys are not uh, of age yet, and mm-hmm. still they are signed. And I think... No, and yeah, that's why I was getting at. This is more like the developmental mm-hmm. contract. And I, sure. I don't know the term. And, and, and about Fisher, I mean, I saw him play a little bit of uh, Orissa uh, on stream. I'm really happy to like report that he already has all the Titan skins <laughs> equipped. He's amazing. Are you watching off like, Overwatch, though? Uh, <laughs> not really sure. <laughs> But he's he's an incredible player. He's an incredible player. We're not doubting his talent here. Just you know, he has he has a history. We all we all are aware of it. Yeah, and and that if there is a more divisive player signing in the league, I don't know what it would be other than Fisher joining the Vancouver Titans. Mm-hmm. Like there are people who who, as far as they're concerned, uh, Fisher is a, a cancer on a roster. He's only in it for himself. Yet there are those who believe otherwise, that he has situationally been in tough spots, but yet in those tough spots has still done what he can to support the team behind the scenes. All I know is he's now a Vancouver Titan. He's the Titans' main tank, and I want for him uh, to pop off each and every match. Right. Well, with these moves, I think the Titans have have escalated themselves into the most controversial team in the league by far. Oh, definitely. I mean, I mean the the Titans weren't necessarily well liked by by other teams in general, just because they were so dominant, they were cocky, they were all these different things, um, but. Uh, they had that that kind of long standing with with runaway fans and a lot of a lot of Korean fans, and that's all broken up. Fisher does bring his own fan base in, but but even that's divisive with, within itself. Some people are are frankly Fisher stands, and other people really upset that he retired or he did this or he didn't do that, and and so on and so forth. So. So the Titans are going to be a popular pick for for going to be most disappointing. Some people are going to say that, yeah. um, but definitely we're on a lot of people's hit lists. Yeah. Can you imagine how much people will cheer for them to lose in like Twitch chat and everywhere else? Wait, but that that was going to happen regardless of right. The, but the even 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 more, Fisher. I think even more than yeah. Like yeah, I think I think letting go of bumper was was like left a bat. I think it's universally disliked, not just because they let him go, because of the, the runaway connection, because of the the Keem camaraderie, you know, at least publicly. Um, but how, also how they did it, right? Like you know, reported they publicly shopped him, couldn't find a team for him, let him go anyway, and then they go around and do sign Fisher. Like it, it's just the mm-hmm. sequence of events made it all together. Just this probably the biggest off off season story. Yeah. Um, period for, for yeah. the Overwatch League. Yeah. It doesn't look good from many angles. Yeah. Well, speaking of the biggest off-season uh, story so far, I thought it was the fact that we're now ready sexy pwn. <laughs> yeah. This uh, almost Sam, made it better. Sam is probably exuberant about it. Are you, are you willing to give uh, Fanatics your money now? I'm waiting for the number. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting, was, waiting for two numbers. One was, is the one is Ruji Han's jersey number. The second is the the Ready Set Poem company card. What was his number on on Seoul? Do we uh, have fourteen. Anybody? We have a fourteen on our squad. I think, I think it was Janu. Is mm. it Janu? I might be wrong. 
I'm I'm not in it to know which number is is whose number. So I won't even hazard a guess. And it does sound like that someone's typing frantically to look it up. Um, but yes, the cat is out of the bag. Uh, Roger Young is now a Vancouver Titan. Um, as an aside, he is still a member of the Soul Dynasty Discord mm-hmm. and has yet to join the Vancouver Titans Discord. Yeah, you're right. It is, it is Jono. But uh, I... this is, So this, this signing, I know there are quite a few people who are, are happy with it, but it is sort of equally confusing. We have a twilight and then we have a slime. Yeah. Where does Ruja Hong fit into that picture? At yeah. Every single Best Buy signing jerseys. <laughs> well, there was, there's been talk that uh, Ruja Hong is going to be the, you know, backup tank. <laughs> like <laughs> Ruja Hong Winston is back. I mean, Hey, if, if bumper can, you know, flex among a variety of different heroes. What he got to start professionally right. is support. He played damage and then he in goats fulfilled the, the tank role. I mean, it's not hard to suggest that other players can't adapt and evolve too, but I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about whether or not there are still a gaps or a gap at the Vancouver Titans roster to fill, right. but uh, Ruja Young joining the Vancouver Titans is, Hey, great, phenomenal depth now in support. But then you look at the, group and you're like do you really need that much depth there yeah this is the position that would seem as the least needing uh of of, of a bench guy right because uh that would be the equivalent of uh, us say signing a toby like his teammate do we need really uh, someone to back up slime i up up uh, if if we're talking about the travel schedule and all that uh, definitely every player deserves to have like m- maybe it's smart to have a backup for any position but we just got a, a, like a backup for for twilight and uh, it seems really odd to me i'm happy to bring on his leadership his symbolism he's uh revered as you know the og he's like the michael jordan of overwatch before overwatch league was a thing uh maybe they brought him along uh as uh fisher's past teammate in seoul i'm not really sure um yeah, we're going to talk about the gaps that we might still have or not have. So uh, I'm happier as as he brings more professionalism and, and there is no doubt about the fact that he's going to be like a positive uh, effect on the rest of the team. But professionally speaking, I'm not like that wouldn't be my first choice of, of signing up a, a backup. Well, and so you, the point that you raised, though, is professionalism. If there's one thing that Fisher and, and Rajon bring maybe professionalism isn't the best word here because they're going to someone who would freak out, but it's the experience and sort of that veteranship. Yeah. The veteran, you know, experience and the, it, you know, could it be that that's what was identified as being missed is missing is that the Vancouver Titans were a really good team, but they missed that veteran presence that, you know, in traditional sports, a veteran presence is often what's referred to as a key to success. Right. But like Haxel, despite being mm, almost 10 years uh, younger than uh, Ryu Jong, basically has the same track record in Overwatch. But I, like, you're, you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not denying it. Like, and we're, we're in, when we're talking about veteran presence, the da- darn league has been around for two seasons. <laughs> yeah. 
And the game has been out for what? Well, like, we've uh, been around since the beginning, then, right? I'll sort of. Yeah, it's true, kind of. <laughs> so the founding fathers. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, whether or not there is a gap or gaps to fill with the Titans. So going into the off season, I think on everyone's wish list was uh, uh, more options in the DPS or damage role. Like that was sort of identified as a gap. Right. And then as a sort of subplot to that was that maybe some bench strength or flexibility uh in the in the tank role whether it be with main tank or or flex tank there was you know maybe almost the flex main tank if there if there was such a thing and support we're all good i mean i think that's collectively what people had thought um we had Repel, we had Hureg, uh, and in, in that particular scenario, people are like, Repel deserves to start somewhere, but if you kept him around, not a big deal. Hureg, ah, oh, yeah, Force of Hureg, great to have your totem on the team. Now, here we are today. Hureg and Repel are both gone, down in Houston. Hureg's retired, now a coach. Uh, Repel joining the roster to actually play and yeah. get into matches. Uh, Bumper, gone. Tizzy, gone. Like Janu is the only returning, you know, tank uh, to the team, and instead of adding depth, the Vancouver Titans are scratching the surface with only two. Damage is still an area that you know will need something. I think. I mean, Titans have Hacksaw, they have Stitch, they have you know someone Sue, and I guess yeah. someone Sue can sort of be the tank depth if need be. And then on support, we've got Twilight Slime and Rajan. Here's the thing. I really, really hope they have been grinding, uh, grinding the PTR patch now, the live patch, to figure out what the meta is. But when we finished season two, like we kind of talked about this and and the gaps that we need to address. And I, we had like three main ones. So first of all, like you said, like there's not enough DPS flexibility or impact next to Huxal. That's one. Two, our tanks line up leaves much to be desired, especially now. Uh, I, I assume whenever we play Zarya, Samin will be back on that role, uh, but we don't have any main tanks outside of Fisher. And uh, I'm still curious about our Baptiste situation because Ryuji Hong, he plays the same heroes that, that Twilight uh, has. So he plays the Moira, obviously Ana and, and, and Zenyatta. Uh, so all these three main points of concern or gaps, we did not really address here. With any of our, I'm saying any like it's a lot, but we had just two signings so far and none of them addressed. And we lost four people, right? Correct. And imagine what would be nice now having uh, a going uh, to, to like something that might possibly be a Ryan and Arissa uh, um, meta. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how Bumper and TC would have uh, played together in that regard. I think they, they would have meshed properly, but uh, I don't think we need to, t- to, to to sprinkle salt on these wounds anymore. Yeah, I think I think by the time you know listeners are listening to this, they're just starting to get over um, or or, oh, or, or come to that. the reality or come to grips with with us losing Bumper. So we're just mm-hmm. ripping our a fresh one right open. Uh, quick aside, I'm really looking forward to to seeing Rappel take over uh, Rockus's job. Uh, oh. I, I'm I'm going to be on Outlaws Watch all week, or I guess all season again. Um, really excited for that. I think I think my I had a personal wish list when when off season began. Rujihan was was one of the the one that I had least likely seen to happen. And it's the only one that's actually happened. That was more like, honestly, a very, very fanboy thing. Um, we've discussed at length about like the, the fit being awkward. 
Although on Titans Core, they are talking about a BAP uh, Zen combo for for support, so that could be interesting. Um, but but there there were three other pieces I think to round out the roster. One was having a backup for for um, for Slime actually, because mm-hmm. Slime is one of the only guys that pretty much played like ninety percent of the matches, other than when they were already up, you know, enormously. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had penciled in Luffy. I thought that would be a great add um, in terms of his mercy play. Right. Um, on the off tank, I had Bishu lined up just because mm-hmm. we never had a backup and I thought he'd be, you know, he'd, it'd be one of those coming home stories and then flower on DPS. So th- that's my wish list. Uh, Titans are one of four right now. So if you're listening, it's not too late. Well, Bishu's gone, but. And flower is apparently trialing for runaway. If I read that correctly. I, I'm not sure. I pay very little attention to T2. Yeah. 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 He, but he was. So, but I, I mean, it, it, that I would think if you're <laughs> trying to trial for a, a, a T2 team, that's to stay in the game, not so much to uh, get yourself that, that look for Overwatch League Season 3. Sure. Anyhow, I, 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 I still don't quite get everything that's going on. Yeah. And and we might have like l- listeners who are not like uh, big. Uh, <laughs> I have to say that again, like classic sports fans and tra- traditional sports fans. But this this is sometimes this happens sometimes in off season when when you don't address your needs or gaps and you go the other direction. And more often than not, it doesn't work out. So you well, sign the weird. Yeah. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but like so, so yeah, the, the the Canucks relevancy would be a Louis Erickson <laughs> yeah. here for oh, those yeah. who are, are fans of the Vancouver Canucks. I, I think if if anything, I mean, I want the Vancouver Titans to perform well and do well, and it could very well be that they identified something that we have not yet seen. We we don't know what's been going on um, with with the roster as to scrims or anything of that sort. Uh, back to the point on like bumper, you know, could there have been more to the story that we're not at all aware of it's quite possible it's just a a very interesting off season for the vancouver titans and one that has been far from predictable like the fact that everyone in the know raised eyebrows when those leaks first hit uh the news feed and then when the moves actually started to occur people were wtfing every which way to sunday and even today i all three of us have said where we thought the Vancouver Titans needed to address gaps is the the one area they have not, and yet they've created others in areas where there was strength previously. So yeah, I would question our GM if I knew who that was. Uh, so uh, Halo has told us <laughs> that it is Steve Maida, mm. which if that's the case, that makes some sense. But then not one who is all that present in the, the world of GMs. He's no Jane. <laughs> He's not the inventor <laughs> of esports. I can't, I can't tell if you just complimented him. <laughs> just uh, oh, well, it's for the listeners to figure out. <laughs> so we'll take a quick break here before jumping directly into the fray.
Well, it's customary now. There's still been moves, and there have been lots and lots, so hard to keep track. But there have been some interesting transitions as of late. Um, the one I, the few I wanted to talk about that I listed, the first one we'll talk about is Pine. I am confused. Pine is retired. He's going to be a streamer for the NYXL or Andbox or whatever the heck they call themselves these days. Um, why I'm so confused is how is he going to get into the all-star game for season three? <laughs> it's a streamer event. Yep. Like bring fan, on like bring fan voting. Yeah, he'll, he'll be playing at the all-star game. He's going to go like uh, new widow on overwatch two okay. with so, uh, XQC. And against the, the friend. Friend. Yeah. 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 Be, you know, <laughs> actually if it was an all streamer team, so you got, let's see, there'd be XQC, Defran, Pine, Seagull. Seagull, Seagull. Uh, Emo, yeah, sure. I mean, and then there's there's Fran. Bring on Fran, Aspen, yeah. Some and uh, there's Omni Strife. Oh, <laughs> yeah. bench bench DPS, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the DPS Moira, yeah. Um, I actually genuinely wonder if you were to get a, an all streamer team, put them together, give them an opportunity to maybe scrim a few matches. Where would they? actually sort of find themselves placement wise in the league standings i actually think they'd have a solid team they would definitely put up a fight against the valiant <laughs> that's that's not saying a whole lot <laughs> blow, blow. So, but yeah pine, oh, well. pine has retired back yeah. on on point i don't there are so many people who are shocked and surprised by this but if season two is an indication of pine's mm. future in the league He's made a very smart decision. He's doing something that's going to allow him uh, to contribute, you know, more actively. But there's also money to be made as a streamer, right? Right. That he, that he wasn't getting access to as as a player behind the scenes on the bench who you know comments about making the All Star game, having never seen the light of day. Yeah. I wish him luck. I remember Pine talking about some uh, anxiety issues back in season one. And uh, I was really upset not seeing him at least once during, uh, you know, season two, even in stage four. Because well, he, yeah, go ahead. So I was going to say, stage four was perfect for him to come out. Right. And then I, I think I read somewhere that they lost one of the first matches and then they got like kind of get scared of playing him. And and right now they signed Who Are You? Uh, so they have Sebi Olbi, Libero, Nene, and Who Are You? So he's not going to play before any of these any of these uh, DPS players uh, um, on the NYXL. And just looking at the rosters, I've, I've been starting uh, – I, I started to build this roster table uh, for a pod for, for future episodes. But, but it's really interesting to see – how much um, you know the world of Overwatch has changed? As you can see, a lot of teams are stacking up on that uh, coveted flex DPS position, and and I tried to build something that would resemble like a hit scan DPS position and a flex DPS position. And Pine is one of those players who kind of uh, lost maybe uh, some of their uh, previously you know uh, previously you'd see. Uh, the the the, the hit scan DPS really carry their teams and and be the real stars of of the of the show, but now it's kind of changed. So you see players like um, um, Pine uh, falling out from Grace, like Taimu, like those previous Widow specialists are now 
uh, dropping out like flies and you'd see like teams stocking up on, on people who can play Doomfist and, and whatever other <laughs> DPS might uh, go into that carousel of meta uh, DPS picks. I mean, the Titans could have used a, a Widow Specialist for a little bit. Maybe, maybe. We don't yeah, really... Yeah, <laughs> true, true. We have Stitch still, right? They didn't release that guy. That's true. Although, it, Stitch, is he truly a Widow Specialist? Well, he's better at it than uh, Haxel is, so I guess that kind of makes him a specialist on our team, at least. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> The other uh, move that I wanted to, to talk a little bit about was Jake retiring. Now, Jake retiring is also not something that is too big of a surprise. It is interesting that it happened as late sort of in the offseason as it has. Hmm. Uh, if anything, Jake was a marketable presence uh, for for the Outlaws, but specifically for, for the league. So I ask you this. He is definitely going to be casting in the Overwatch League, right? Definitely, yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I, I don't see how they don't bring him in. One because of the marketability, but two, he was good in the opportunities right. that he got. Right. Yeah, and he, and he's he's super well spoken. He's well respected by by people across the league. Um, I remember this is a couple World Cups back, but like a lot of a lot of Korean players got asked, "Oh, who are you looking forward to playing with?" And it was everybody whose answer was Jake. Um, like, like he's, he's been through the grind and he's been pre- like, he's just a really smart kid. Like he's been prepping this for, for years. Like the moment they got outlaws were out in season one, he was, he was on stage practically. It felt like, mm-hmm. so, so I think this is just the next evolution of, of where he's at in, in esports. All right. He has a, he's definitely a charismatic, uh, personality. I remember a lot of times, uh, Houston playing much better with him. On, on on the front lines despite like not being as a you know as flashy or as, as or as a uh, talented as the rest of the dps he was really bringing them up to speed because he was a great leader well-spoken like you said i i definitely anticipate him at least doing this in contenders he constantly kind of pushed himself forward and and tried and i i give him all the props for actually you know trying and, and doing uh, the media side of the Overwatch uh, world and, and casting was really good at it. And and uh, at the end of the day, he was also kind of like uh, the fifth DPS now on Houston, very similar to the Pine situation. And all right, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, seeing him cast now with uh, with what we saw. I think it was Puckett, right, that tweeted like how he will miss the rest of the talent team, and I think that they're gonna like geo spread them across the <laughs> the, the world, and he might be uh, coming up to to partake in that regard of being a caster. That makes sense. Yeah. And then, you know, there's been other, other moves or signs. So uh, good old Canadian kid, Banny's now an assistant or individual coach, I think is the proper term for the, the Washington justice. So he's gone straight from the support role in Houston to the coach role in uh, DC. Mm. Um, Been some signings uh, in, uh, well, New York, Corey's joining them. Glad signed LH Cloudy. But the, the topic that seems to be front of mind when it comes to transactions is how tier two, at least Overwatch, you know, contenders involved tier two is having a rough go. So the Gladiators are the newest or most recent team 
to say we're getting out of the contender side of things. Right. At what point does contenders go back to its organic, completely go back to its organic roots? Because there's always this talk and, and rumors that, oh, the Overwatch League is going to mandate every team has their own tier two. And then people are like, oh my God, Runaway is going to be the you know, tier two team for the Titans. Oh my good, Oh my good. But yeah. I look from a business perspective, there's very little money to be made in, <laughs> in tier two. Definitely. And it's not just an Overwatch problem. I mean, tier two with teams like Runaway, Element, Mystic, they have benefited from just having the history of, of before Owl has become a thing, right? But but let's not like fool ourselves into believing that this is just an Overwatch problem because we have that same... I don't know if it is a problem. Like if you look at the NBA, sorry, Life Force, but you would have, uh, let's say, the, is it the G League now? And you have yeah. that's kind of like your tier two, right? But uh, players there would make, uh, in a year, what players make in the NBA in, in a game. In a game. So yep. there's definitely a gap of, of interest from the fans. And, and despite of how you would say, like, oh, yeah, contenders is super important, the money is just isn't there. And I've listened to recent uh, two recent podcasts. One had one side of the coin, uh, an Atlanta Rain uh, coach. And, and and today I just listened to Deepay from the LA Glads. And, and Atlanta was really in on that whole uh, combine or development and they were were uh, emphasizing how important it is to have like that same uh, uh, academy team and they spoke of how Gator came to be what he is uh, today or, or Kodak now having a time uh, of development in in contenders and and it was Deepay from the Glads he said well it just doesn't make any sense business-wise we don't have all the money in the world to spend on it so that's why they kind of uh, left it so in a perfect world where you know budgets are endless everybody would love to have uh, uh, a, a, an academy team i'm sure even the titans would have one but well but that when i'm talking about money it's not so much what the the players are making yeah well, that's that's a problem like you consider if you can if you're an adequate streamer mm. <laughs> you probably make more money doing that than trying to clamp the professional ladder but from a business perspective and I'll you know use traditional sports, whether it be you know G, NBA G League or or with the NHL, there's actually a variety of different tiers. Right. Um, or if we look at like uh, you know football in the UK and Europe, like again a variety of different tiers. There can be a, a means to make enough money to run the organization. Hmm. I question whether there's enough money in esports to run tier two on a broad scale successfully. Right. Individual teams may make enough to get by through sponsorships and what have you, but the sheer number of teams is, is the issue. And I think that sort of goes back to the possibility, like if there was a, a better system, a combine, whatever it might be. Or a draft or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then that's actually, I'm just, just trying to go back in, in the RSP timeline is that uh, there was someone, I think it was at the game house, uh, had commented um uh, on the possibility of a, a draft. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Connor uh, Nitsen from the, the Game House, and, and he had actually uh, put together an article about the possibility of an Overwatch League draft and the way sort of the, the offseason would work. And the idea is that the draft allows teams, based on performance, to have rights to players. Yeah. And then, you know, what might be left over through free agency could then be signed, what have you. I actually see some some benefit to that because now it's not one team hoarding all the prospects. It's, you know, everyone having sort of that equal opportunity out of the combine event. 
Yeah. Sadly, I think like uh, the best way of getting into the Overwatch League if you are now stuck in t- Tier 2, because the majority of players in Tier 2 will not get to Overwatch League. We all know that. And and uh, and GMs on Overwatch League are very risk-averse of, of getting like an unknown commodity uh, into the ranks. A lot of people will just sign people that they know and they can trust in, in this environment. And uh, if you are, let's say, underage, maybe maybe you are a good talent and, and everybody will uh, will chase you. But if you are that 25-year-old dude who's been uh, grinding uh, um, Tier 2 for a while it's really hard to see how you will get into Overwatch League unless we see like another major expansion like the one we had in 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 uh, season two. So it, it's but that's the reality. Both like you know in the NBA G League or anywhere else, when you get that one or two stories of, of an undrafted player or an unsigned player suddenly making a, a go of it, and, and it could happen. It's a great Cinderella story, but for the most for most of these guys, that's not the reality, and they have to still struggle with. with with those uh, atrocious, uh, you know, um, situations of not being paid at all, or, or yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but it is a business, and we always constantly forget it or ignore that fact. I think there there is one small thing Overwatch League could do, and this is something that that I've really I've really changed my mind on a lot because because um, World Cup was one of the reasons that I got into Overwatch or competitive Overwatch. It was really exciting back in the day, hmm. but this idea that world cup is only for non owl players because that's how mickey got in right right like when we think about it that was the exposure to to that you know we didn't we didn't know was there and and i think it's actually a really great opportunity presuming you know blizzard markets it properly for mm-hmm. for new players to make make a name for themselves to get interested right because you're right like if you're managing a team like why would you go off this this young prodigy from from the middle of nowhere china that you kind of heard maybe something about um like it 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 wouldn't make any sense but when you actually get to see them play on a big stage see how they respond when there's 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 you know cheering and booing and all that kind of stuff right um there there might be something there and i think that would actually bring back um overwatch uh a world cup a little bit because i think this year you know we, we already ranted about about the the lack of in some parts lack of interest but in other parts lack of you know organization lack of caring from some some of the teams um so so i think that's one small solution i think another solution yeah go ahead i mean like a lot of uh viewers will just tune out if you don't have the big stars then where will the money or the justification for blizzard uh where is that for blizzard to run that if you get i think it's already not there now (laughs) well here XQC. <laughs> Blizzard saw the marketability of XQC and during a what you would think is a marquee event, the World Cup said, hey, we want you to be on stage streaming gameplay for Overwatch 2. I question whether or not Blizzard is too concerned if the marquee faces show up to the World Cup. In fact, I think for them, they would view the developmental side as the better play maybe so like yeah i think i think that they're trying to cash in on everything all at once like if you're gonna pay 50 bucks for a tier one ticket are you gonna pay 40 bucks for a tier two ticket i don't think it's likely like one one of one of the other things that i think people or teams need to start thinking about is is the developmental team as not as a business as in they need to sell tickets at their events, 
but as a pure raw investment mm. and in their contracts, perhaps something that you get, they could look at is, is things like rev share on stream, right? So, so instead of a full out, you know, we're going to train you, we're going to house you. Um, we're going to do rev share on your stream. You're going to stream as well as be trained. And, and that's perhaps a better way to make money than trying to make money off T2 matches that frankly, aren't people aren't paying for. It's an idea. Should yep. maybe, you know, that one's that, free uh, blizzard. Yeah. I was going to say, giving all this shoot free an stuff, blizzard. <laughs> shoot an email yeah, down to Pete Vestelica. <laughs> Let's uh, move on from what's going on in the Overwatch League and talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of Overwatch. So a new patch is out. Uh, the new patch came uh, along with a, an event, our Winter uh, Wonderland 2019. So for those of you who want to get into the holiday spirit, Overwatch is all up in your holiday grill. Now, the actual event uh, introduces our holiday skins. And there are some new skins. So, like, uh, there's a new skin for Sigma, Doomfist, Reaper, Mercy, uh, Soldier, uh, and I'm, who am I missing here? Moira. Well, I already got Reaper. I did say Reaper. Uh, what a bunch of new skins we're, we're and access to the old ones. Log into the game, see for yourself. Yeah, but <laughs> I, 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 to I me, do... they are very uninspired okay well i was gonna say the the ugly sweater one is great that's what i was gonna say the ugly sweater (laughs) one in my mind i'm like that's totally you know uh, by far the best dad style but you need to log in and get those nine wins like this week like you you've got to do it before reset because it is not an earn award it is an actual uh complete the task Mm. uh, reward so just like they have done in previous events for the three weeks that uh, it'll be running, um, there are the play to earn challenges. So week one, which is what we're in right now is the ugly sweater um, week. So there's a player icon, a spray, and then the actual uh, ugly sweater 76 skin uh, week two is where you're going to be able to get your Moira stuff. So there's like uh, the dead rabbits player icon, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what, what the significance of the rabbit. Um, there's a spray and then there's a Holly Moira skin. And then week three is the mercy. It's the snow angel player icon winter spell spray and, and snow angel mercy skin, which is for week three is what I found was probably the most eh, skin of them all. The mercy there's, looks like just like their, their hundred, hundred coin. Skin. Yeah. Like that's, that's sort of what I've been. I was like, eh, Whatever. I'll get it because I totally want it, but not because I actually will use it. Um, Yeti Hunter's back, May Snowball's offensive back, but also a new uh, match called Snowball Deathmatch, uh, where it's uh, a free-for-all brawl. First person to uh, uh, get to, I don't know, is it like 16 kills or something like that wins. But they've introduced a new mechanic to May that allows her to catch snowballs. So if you catch a snowball, instead of it actually knocking you down, killing you, uh, you just add it to your ammo. So I thought that was kind of neat. So I'm totally going to get rolled um, by people catching what I can't barely hit them with. It looks like it took the animation from Sigma's, uh, I forgot what it's called, when he, when he shifts. So maybe the, that's the accretion. Is that accretion? No, accretion is the one in the rock. rock no, the rock, one yeah. when he absorbs damage. I know, I know what you're talking about. I just don't know the names. Like, yep. you know, they just like pool of water 
you know, yeah. image thing. <laughs> I, I, I really enjoy, uh, are we talking the patch now or not? Well, yet? well okay. Let's right. talk about the patch. The patch that has come out 1.43. So um, where, as I put in our show notes, the shields are dead. Long live the shields. Short live the shields. I already played one game in DPS and just, I want it, obviously. And it was so fun to just tear through that shield. I'm happy to see them nerf to oblivion. Uh, so I already got one in, in, in the trophy case for that ugly sweater skin. And man, have they done the right decision to allow for you to like do deathmatch uh, games or custom games while you lo- uh, load up your queues? Because now, if you queue for DPS, what better thing uh, can you do than you know you work on your aim or that? But yeah. now you can and also like, play custom games, so that's pretty cool. So, so let let's actually run through the patch notes for someone who yeah. hasn't read them. Uh, the Updates that you sort of already talked about. There's the new feature of while you wait, uh, which when you're in queue allows you to either go to the practice range, you can just skirmish, uh, you can go into a death match or custom games that players have enabled to allow others to join, sort of come and go uh, while they're waiting. Uh, the workshop for those who actually use it uh, have introduced some new values, new settings, so you can get some mm. you know, crazy stuff going on there. And then there's the hero updates. So what hero updates have occurred? Well, lots. First and foremost, armor damage reduction has been increased from three to five. So armor has much greater value now, but that's because shields almost across the board have less. So Orissa, her armor has gone up to 250, but her protective barrier has gone down from 900 to 600. And then her fortify has been, uh, cooldown's been decreased. So she's a little bit uh, uh, more flexible at not moving around. Uh, Sigma's barrier ha- got like hammer nerfed. Uh, so that barrier has gone from 1500 to 900 health. Ooh. And then the, the regen rate has dropped from 150 to 120. Uh, kinetic grasp. So that's the uh, the ability that we were just talking about that I called accretion. Oh. Uh, cooldown has been reduced from 13 seconds to 10 seconds, and then the damage to shield gain ratio has actually gone up. So, I mean, you sort of see a trend. Uh, players are getting increased armor when they lose sort of their shield aspect or increase ability to protect themselves, but right. the loss of the global shield is allowing the rest of the team to get a little more hurt. Uh, Reinhardt. Uh, Reinhardt's shield's gone from 2,000 to 1,600, but then his movement speed penalty has gone from 50% to 30%. So he's moving a little faster with his shield up. And he's pretty much, in, you know, an immovable object. Knockback resistance has gone from 30%, which was new, to 50%. Right. So good luck, Boop and Ryan. Best shield in the game right now. Uh, Moira, uh, she is no longer going to heal as effectively as she once did. Um, now this is in, in so much to her, her, um, you know, primary heal, which I, I to be honest, is just going to encourage more and more people to DPS Moira. <laughs> I was like, was she I, ever in a I, I have, I have like an 80% win, uh, 80 win percentage uh, with Moira. So there's a problem there. Well, like you look at Moira, I think as more and more people started to realize how, if you were an effective healer with Moira, there is a good chance your team was going to win because she, she wasn't like, if you're an effective healer, your team's staying up. And then the fact that you can right click poke or toss the red ball of death and essentially get those 
individual picks to get your gold medal for elims. Yeah. You know, it just, it made her almost two jack of all trades. And she gets old so fast. Yeah. Well, but that's, this is where like, I, I do agree that maybe her ability to, uh, to, to heal, you know, is it being nerfed makes a little sense, but I probably would have gone the other way and, and nerfed the damage instead of the heal. Yeah. So really what this patch is, uh, you gone through these heroes, there's massive, massive indirect buffs here, uh, both to Zen, to monkey, to dive heroes. So uh, we're going to see a lot of chaos and, We'll see where it will set. A lot of people say Hanzo May meta. A lot of people say in terms of, of a heroes, we might see uh, Monkey and, and Tracer, a, lot, a little bit of Dive, a little bit of uh, Orisa Rhine, uh, Rhine Zarya. Zarya has gotten a, a, a well, buff that I don't think yeah. we've gotten to yet. Zarya, yeah, no, we haven't. So let's, let's just sort of continue on. D.Va, Defense Matrix. It's going to be eating more things now because it's uh, cooldowns yep. reduced to 1.5 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Widowmaker. Cooldown on the hook has been uh, increased from 10 to 12. So she won't be as easy to sort of bounce around the map. Right. Um, Torb, uh, his overload cooldown has increased <laughs> from 12 to 10. So now you're going to start seeing people pull out that hammer. Seriously, an overloaded hammer kill is something to write home about. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Genji, ammo is going up from 24 to 30. And then uh, the Zarya uh, adjustment. So the particle cannons are a secondary fire. The explosion radius has gone from 2 to 2.5 meters. And then the ammo cost has dropped nice. from 25 to 20. So you got five shots instead of four. Summons who like that update, I'm sure. Yeah. So, you know, with all of these changes as they are, the three big ones were the shields of Reinhardt, Sigma, and Orisa. Mm-hmm. They are no longer as... Um, complementary as they once were at keeping a team in a specific point alive for a long period of time. To prevent those three players from being, or characters being harshly punished, they've seen sort of buffs to their their overall ability, whether it be the uh, armor uh, damage reduction, the increase of shield uh, for kinetic grasp, or the fact that Reinhardt can just walk around with impunity and can't be booped anymore. Um, I I'm happy. I, I, you know, Sam and I were actually playing a little mystery heroes before we started recording here. And you can definitely feel some of these adjustments with shields. Hmm. You didn't even say anything about ball. Oh, well, okay. For, there were, there was nothing in the patch notes about ball, but boy, am I loving Hammond. <laughs> like, <laughs> so for those, some context here, um, the moment I get Hammond in, you know, in the mystery heroes, or if I have, we have to play, you know, QP or something like that. And I choose him. I love that I figured out that all he is is essentially he's a poke hero. He's like dive. You just poke and run, smash and run. And because he's yeah. a tank, he's got this durability. And so that's all I do. I just he roll around and harass. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a big fan of bowling, uh, this is your hero. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's totally have- what it feels like. I should be able to knock people down, not run through <laughs> them and knock them up. They need to like add a skin, like a bowling ball. When, and whenever you hit like, Players, it should play the, the sound like the, of a the bowling. Yeah. yeah, that'll be great. Who, what um, were we playing the other night with with Michael? And Michael was like, "Oh, Chris, you should switch off the ball. We we need a we need a shield." Oh, and yeah. then and yeah, then Mike Michael was saying like, "Oh," and then and Chris was like, "Oh, do you want me to switch off now, or do do you want me to wait till I die?" And then I think Michael was like, "Oh, I'll just at the yeah, at the next spawn." 
Yeah, switch yeah. W- switch when you need to respawn. And, and then I'm like, like five okay. minutes later, they continue that conversation. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, that, so we were we were playing QP, and uh, Michael had wanted uh, another shield. I mean, he was right; we probably needed one. And so I, but I asked the question, like, do you want me to switch now? I will. I'll go to I'll go to Ryan. And his response was, no, no, you know, when you respond next. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, so Michael, you know, when you told me that I should switch when I respawn, a lesson has been learned that when I am Hammond, I never respawn. (laughs) I did switch. I switched like five seconds left in the match. (laughs) And that was because I I was trying to contest and challenge a point and eventually put myself into harm's way and, and died. Um, there's all sorts of other bug fixes and and things that uh, have have added to quality of life. Um, so, for instance, if you're one v one people uh, people on Black Forest, uh, Reaper can't go through breakable doors now because apparently that was a thing. Um, or if you have Junkrat and your grenade happens to be rolling down a hill, it will explode now and not just roll away. Overwatch is saved. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but here we are, having gone through everything at the end of an episode. Do you know what's going to happen in two weeks' time? Uh, a new year? Well, no. Maybe I'll have gotten a comp of damage gaming by then. Still in queue. Uh, I Okay, I have two out of five placements for, for damage comp, and I don't think I'll get placed. Yeah. I've given up trying. There's no, like, solo queue is impossible. And I don't want to subject someone to long queue times to try to sort of help me along. (laughs) Yeah. I hope I'll get my new monitor by then. By the time you're queued up next. (laughs) (laughs) So the, the, the subtle hint that I was trying to go for is two weeks from now, now being Wednesday, December 11th, will be Wednesday, December 25th. That is Christmas Day. And guess which podcast of all of your podcasts that you listen to will have a new episode go live on Christmas Day. I will give you guys one guess. Uh, I'll recap. (laughs) Maybe. Dark dark Poutine. Uh, You know what? Dark Poutine will be a few days early. They're going to have their episode out on, on Mondays. And for those of you who don't don't know who Dark Poutine is, um, it's a it's a true crime podcast. It talks about Canadian true crime. I actually used to work with the two hosts. Uh, I I love the podcast. I think it's it's good fun. Um, but uh, no, Pretty good good fun. <laughs> okay, true crime is not good fun, but the podcast and their approach, I think, no, is, the, the two guys, they're, they're great. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, RSP. We're going to be publishing an episode high noon on Christmas Day, and you won't want to miss it because we have uh, you know a few things sort of under our sleeves to to go. Uh, go live with on Christmas day. Um, maybe it's a special guest. Maybe it's a special announcement. Maybe it's just a special day where your three favorite hosts get together to drink hot chocolate. And talk about I'll, I'll, triple pay. Yeah. I'll just spoil it. We're going to sing a lot of Christmas songs and yeah, that's what it's going to be. No, no, not really, but <laughs> that was a guess. <laughs> See, for those of you who tuned into our Extra Life Game Day stream, where near the end of the day, Omni started, you know, we're here we are, we're playing Overwatch, and Omni is just belting out, you know, tunes. 
Well, he he just went hands free completely. He's like, he's like, take over the keyboard. I'm gonna grab my guitar. No, Lena was playing, not me. I know, but you're you're on mic, you know, singing tunes. <laughs> well, Did I got to do ca- any karaoke in Japan. Oh, I I sure have. That was incredible. I I loved it. That's your real calling. Yeah. But yes, we'll have an episode again in two weeks' time. I doubt there will be any craziness that'll happen between now and then uh, to it's probably us. happening right now, like when they're listening to this. Right? Well, now, yeah, I, I said that. You're <laughs> right, and it's you know then we do we record. It's like I actually contemplated: do we do we get together and record an episode because Bumper's gone and and Ridgey Hong's been signed? Because we knew about Fisher last episode and i'm like ah you know because we do that and then we won't have anything for for the episode after that and i don't want to you know break the the routine here in the off seasons so. all right well but uh yeah if you are looking for us however uh, you're already listening to us so we hope that you click that subscribe button in whatever podcast player you happen to be listening to us in if you do want to reach out to us on twitter we are uh, at ready set phone facebook facebook.com slash ready set phone we're on instagram Again, at race that phone. You want to give us a call, send us a text message, leave us a voicemail, wish us a happy holidays, tell Sam that he should be the one who sings next episode. The phone number to call is 1-604-409-3324. That's 1-604-409-3324. Hmm. So Facebook as well and phones. What was that uh, drop on, on, you know, the basketball Jones? Uh, Garth Brooks, was it? <laughs> it's official we're now on facebook <laughs> you're gonna have to find that one okay we yeah. i i would have i would play something like that if it was garth brooks doing a drop <laughs> i wonder how he yeah, would we'll pronounce it. Ready, set, poem. <laughs> um and then as well you can shoot us an email feedback at racepone.com the uh last thing i will share before we do wrap things up is we are currently trying to arrange just a social get-together early in the new year with us and our listeners at a location to be announced at a later date. Got a few irons in the fire. Um, got a possible location uh, uh, potentially being lined up. Again, we're just trying to work out the nitty-gritty. It's just our ideas. Let's just get together, talk over, watch, have a good time, make it low-key. It doesn't have to be like an official watch party or anything of the sort, um, but just good people having good times talking about uh, our favorite topic, Overwatch League and Vancouver Titans. So any final words of wisdom that you want to share with all of our listeners there, Ani? Uh, it's almost 2020, and May is still hiding rocks in her snowballs. <laughs> She's such a jerk. <laughs> and she, Sam, well, how about you? Well, she had so much time in the in Antarctica to, to just fill every snowball <laughs> with rocks. She was there for like twenty years. Well, at least they're not yellow snowballs. Cool. Oh dear. <laughs> well, the final words that I have for you and all of our listeners is that uh, I do wish you a happy holiday season. Again, we'll be back on on Christmas Day with a new episode, but. Uh, before that, uh, for those of you who are going to be celebrating the holidays, I wish you well. Um, if the celebration of the holidays is not your thing, I wish you equally as well. I hope you have uh, some good time with friends, family, uh, whether it be in Overwatch, playing Hearthstone Battlegrounds like I am addicted to, um, or you know, doing whatever it is you do to, to keep yourself busy. 
So on behalf of Omni at Omni Strafe, Sam and another Sam channel, myself, Chris at Lightforce, we're going to sign this one off with those magical two words. Catchphrase. Thank you.